This is an audio-only podcast taken from a Twitch live stream, so some content may not make sense outside of its live environment, and there may be short breaks in the audio. Uh, hey guys, welcome to 1v1, a Hitching Post podcast where I talk to retro streamers, musicians, gamers, devs, and do those important taste tests like uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, or Koala-Cola. Uh, which one's watch out! Watch out for random hair. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I guess if, if you're going to make it with actual koalas, oh, there's yeah, going to be some true. hair involved. Yeah, I thought you mean your hair. To be honest, uh, I do so, have I do have plenty of that. that yes, that I, I make up uh, I make up for the rest of the podcast. If I'd I have suppose. known you were going to do that hairstyle again, I would have been do man bun or no man bun. But yeah, it doesn't. So anyway, tonight we talk to one of my fellow co-hosts on the Itching Post podcast, an all-round super awesome guy and retro aficionado, uh, Mister Cola, or as we will now call him, Man Bun. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming Hello. on V1. Hope no, you... thank you for having me, and thank you for rearranging your schedule of uh, normal 1v1s uh, to accommodate my uh, strange American time zone needs. Yeah, it's it's actually Monday here, uh, but it's, it's Sunday in America, so it's weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is possible. At some that's point, that's totally it's... how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fritz Cola, definitely not. Uh, okay, we're going to start this off the same way I've started this off with everybody. So, and and we may know this, but some people may not. So, first gaming memory. Oh boy, yeah, that's always a tough one. It is, um, it? <laughs> especially because you're you're drawing on stuff that's like insanely fuzzy in your life. But my first memories of playing games. So we got our first PC when I was a kid, around when I was two or three. It was a Packard Bell 486, and I can vaguely remember playing like on Paint and Windows 3.1 and all that. Um, I swear one of the games that we had on there was probably one of my first gaming experiences, but what that would be, maybe Pinball Fantasies, because we had it on there, and I do remember playing that quite a bit. Um, but I really, what really sticks out is around the same time going to my grandparents' house, and uh, my youngest uncle, he's only 12 years older than me, uh, he was still living at home at the time, and he was in the basement, and he had an NES. And uh, I recall going down to the basement, because all my cousins were down in the basement. They're a couple years older than me. Uh, and they're playing this thing on TV, and I just remember wanting to try it really bad. And eventually, <laughs> you know, the cousins had all their goes, and then I got to do it and couldn't couldn't get much past, you know, the second level. Yep. But, you know, um, I was hooked. I, I thought that that was the coolest thing. Um, and you know, once we got more and more computer games and things, you know, I was hooked on those. I would borrow consoles from that uncle quite a bit. Um, it was because of him that I got to borrow a Nintendo or borrow his Sega Genesis. So nice. th thank you, Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Joe, can, can we get some applause for Uncle Joe, please? Thumbs up in chat for Uncle, uncle uh, Joe. Um, 12. <laughs> I, I got to admit, the first thing that popped into my head when you said my uncle was 12 years older than me, I'm just like, fucking rednecks. How? Well, and the, it's, it's, so it's on my dad's side, and my dad has like uh, nine brothers and sisters. So Damn. it's, it's, 
quite a big family on that side. No, no TV in those days. No video games in those days. Not, not many. No, yeah. <laughs> not until a, a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, what, uh, what, what was the very first? Um, hey, this is mine. This is, you know, it was got for you, or you got it. Yeah, it was the very, very first it, of those. It wasn't much further along. I want to say I was five or six. Uh, but I got a Game Boy for for my birthday that year. Nice. Um, you know the original DMG with black and white colors. It came with Tetris, of course. Uh, but my parents were nice, and they bought a second game, which was Kirby's Dreamland. Ah. Um, and so that's partially why I'm such a Kirby fan, because you know it's kind of baked in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I I even recall beating Kirby one. It's not that tough. Game really, if you know what you're doing, you can get it done in about 20 minutes to a half hour. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I remember beating that when I was like six or seven. I remember like when I was in my room and and playing it and beating King DDD. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the Game Boy was definitely one of my main things. Otherwise, for the longest time, we just borrowed consoles from my from my uh, uncle, uh, or I did PC stuff. We did a lot of stuff with our 486 PC. That's where I played games mostly. We played a lot of shareware because mm -hmm. uh, you know it, it was cheap. Uh, even the with Doom love, and even oh <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of a forbidden love for the longest time because my my uh, parents did not find that age appropriate. As looking back, it really is not age appropriate. It's, it's really not. It's really not. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends on the kid. I to suppose. be to be fair, I've yet to show my nephew Doom. I've showed him wow. Chex Quest because I think that that's appropriate for his age. But I haven't shown him Doom yet. I think he needs another couple of years. Mm. I think he'd find it too scary even now. Okay, he's so kind of a he's kind of a nice kid though. Which so. one's the worst? Because there's Doom, and then there's Duke uh, Nukem 3D. Because it's kind of, oh, kind of two camps. I would, now, one is not I would gross. Say, I would say Duke is even further along in the don't don't touch until they're older. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did play, I played Doom first. I do remember, so my first exposure to Doom, I guess we can talk about that one. So I remember one day, my other uncle on the other side of the family, my mom's brother, uh, he's uh, into computers. He's a computer programmer, actually. Nice. Uh, but I do remember one day we went over there just to go visit or whatever, and he had this new game, and everybody had to check it out, and it was the coolest thing. Um, and even I, at like five or six, four or five or whatever it was, because that was what ninety late ninety three, early ninety four, probably ninety four when I saw it. So I would have been four or five. Yep. I mean, I even could recognize that it was something special at that point too. Um, and it wasn't until later that I kind of vaguely remember my dad playing Doom 2, because I remember he kept the CD on the top of the fridge, hoping that I wouldn't see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> why, why do parents and things do that? Why do they always think, oh, they'll never look in this cupboard? Oh, they'll, ne room. they'll never look at this one thing that they clearly saw me set it on. Yeah. <laughs> and we totally can't use the uh the cabinets and things like you know a climbing course um but anyways i digress uh yeah he um he played that and i do remember then shortly after being like eight or nine buying like this gigantic shareware compilation cd that had like a thousand or so games on it or so it claimed it probably had like i don't know a few hundred or whatever uh, but Shareware Doom was on there, and uh, I do remember installing that because I knew what it was. 
And then I remember getting in trouble. And then I remember getting in trouble. And then I was like, okay, there's got there's games like this. Like I just can't play that one. So I would just go through the list and try different things. And uh, Wolfenstein 3D was fine, apparently. Like I didn't get in trouble for that one. It's okay, it's slow analysis. Um, Heretic that was yep. fine somehow. Although it probably helped that as a kid I called it Heretic because I didn't really know the word Heretic. <laughs> um, and um, I definitely played, of course, you know, Chex Quest and things like that. But that was like you know something he got out of a cereal box, so they didn't yeah. really care. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Doom is is definitely something that I've enjoyed and liked, you know, over the years. But I I branched out to those other things because I had to like kind of hide it for the longest time. <laughs> That's cool. Cool backstory. I like it. Um, you, you were talking about Game Boy. That was kind of your first um, owned console. I can't hear myself. What's going on? There we go. Um, uh, I, 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 you, you probably, I think you know this, but I have never, ever played on a Game Boy. Never. I've never held a Game Boy in my hand of any variety. The DS Lite. Wow. But I don't class that as a Game Boy because, well, it's not. Um, but I've never had a Game Boy. So I'm I'm kind of jelly on that one because I've been looking at Super Game Boy games, for example, uh, for reasons um, that Cola knows about, and uh, for, for reasons, people, yeah, for reasons, um, and yeah, it's it's something I've never actually experienced. So I, I kind of want to. Do Do you think I'd enjoy a Game Boy? I I think so. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's if you think of it as like NES games without color in a way you know, with lower resolution, that's, that's kind of how they end up playing. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some cool things once they, you know, th there's games that when you start with it, especially the early games where you can tell they're kind of growing pains, trying to figure out what the thing is capable of. And then you play stuff like, um, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, and you're like, oh my God, this is a full-fledged <laughs> Mario game on the go. Okay. And, um, yeah, that that one's quite a bit of fun. Um, I think you'll enjoy that. That's actually the first appearance of Wario, I believe, because uh, he's the bad guy in that game. Yeah, he is a bad um, guy in every game. He's he's a misunderstood fella. I suppose. I suppose that's true. And in, in some ways, he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's just, a little he's just angry. You know, I think we could all relate. He's basically gone through his pandemic several years in a row, uh, so he gets it. But yeah, I, I, I must admit, I find it very odd. The reactions I get, I expect, because there's this 54-year-old retro gamer who's never played possibly the most known retro system in the world. And I've never even held one. And that, that is so strange. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I know I've, I'm not a big uh... handheld fan, but, you know, I would bloody well like to. I just, just it's never happened. It's just weird. And I mean, it's uh, it had its own struggles, of course, with the amounts of batteries that it needed, but it wasn't anything, you know, compared to like a Game Gear. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember when I bought a Game Gear secondhand when I was 12 and I was like, oh, I knew this thing took six batteries, but you don't really realize <laughs> that, like, not only does it take six batteries, but those six batteries are going to last you about two hours if you're lucky. Yeah. So... Uh, on a trip back from Minnesota, when I had bought the the uh, Game Gear in Minnesota, I got about two hours back, and it's like a I don't know twelve something hour drive back to Michigan. <laughs> so... <laughs> I saw cigarette lighters before. 
in college. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't have that little little adapter. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, I never had one of those for my Game Boy either. We just, you know, would keep extra batteries or whatever. And then you would have the stupid accessories to try to light up the screen. Though <laughs> that that would take their own batteries. <laughs> You know, if you want to play it uh, at I've, night, I've you got to have them. the little like magnifier with the light yeah. or whatever. Um, and I had a game genie for the thing, which just this gigantic hunk of plastic that went onto the top that quite <laughs> literally housed a whole code book. You could open it up, and there was like this little tiny code book in there. Wow. Um, yeah. But so it, I mean, it, it got kind of in got kind of ridiculous in a way. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was it was portable, but like once you started getting accessories and things, it got a little unwieldy. Nice. Uh, I, I I have had a Game Gear. Um, I did own a Game Gear. And get, you're right about the batteries. You have to get the batteries from the sealed battery pack from the shop into the Game Gear before the Game Gear notices. Otherwise, it already starts draining it before it's even plugged in. It's weird. Uh, I did also have an Atari Lynx. I don't know if you've ever had one. Ooh. I have never had a Lynx. Um, I've thought about it a couple of times, but then when I look at the library... There's just not a ton, like, enough to, like, get me to pull the trigger on it for what it The best costs. version of California games, though. I do like California games. Foot, yeah. foot bag is my bag. Yeah. I, I enjoy enjoy foot bag. I, I, um, I like the skating. And, I, I mean, I've played a lot of... I think the one California games I've played the most is Sega Master System California games, and I would guess that it's probably not too far off of that, yeah. given what the Lynx can do. Yeah, pretty pretty accurate although i'm guessing the game gear is probably almost one for one because the game <laughs> well, gear yeah. is basically just a master <laughs> system with lower lower um resolution yeah yeah a little is. more color i think a couple other little doodads but... this is why i like talking to people like cola i don't have to explain every single thing in retro very often he can explain things and i'm just like oh i didn't know that excellent <laughs> it's so much better than speaking to somebody who's like oh, a what now what's an amiga you know things like that it's always been an interest for me though i'm i i don't certainly don't know everything it's impossible to and i don't we you know other people not knowing shit like come on it's it, there's so much there there's so much to try to absorb and try to have just like at a at a glance especially when you're starting to talk about variants and like weird accelerators or things that you can add on or it's some special chip that this one game used and this other one didn't like i don't yeah don't feel bad if you don't if you don't know those things because I'll I might know them now, but give me six months when I've moved on to my new obsession and I might have forgotten it all. You know, it's it's just kind of how these things go. I'm like that right now with the uh, MSX because I'm getting the MSX. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking. I'm like, okay, which one's mine? Okay, it's this model. Okay, which one in this? Oh my god, there's like fifty variants of each single model. And they're all made by companies that you can't even pronounce. And oh my God, there's so many. There, there must the, be 200 the, MSXs, but in reality, there's three. You know? Okay. It's it's just a bunch of different manufacturers. So it yeah. seems like it's more hairy than it is. Yeah. Different styles, two carts, one cart, double disk drive, no disk drive. Uh, you know, it's, it's, but it's inside virtually identical. So it's, it's, it's really weird. I guess it's a bit like the 3DO, but on a, more grander scale all right so you got your game boy you're playing away you're sneaking the occasional shareware doom in there when 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 father's not looking um or when you're around at your uncle's joe's good on you joe um what came next where did you go what path did you take well let's see so 
around Christmas 98 was when I got like my first console for myself. Uh, my parents, uh, the, the PlayStation had finally gotten to the point where it was affordable enough that my parents said, okay, you know, let's, let's get this for him for, for Christmas. So, uh, Christmas 98, I remember there was like three or four presents under the tree and my mom was like, don't be upset. Like there's a big one, <laughs> just, you know, you don't open this one until the end, but you can open the rest of them. And of course they all kind of like led to the, you know, the PlayStation being the thing. Don't, don't tell um, me you got to open the PlayStation game first and you were like, oh, I wonder what's coming. <laughs> well funny enough is there wasn't a playstation game they just bought the playstation it came with a demo disc uh -huh. and they were like and that night they were like oh we can go to the video store and go and rent something uh okay. for it so we did and uh, i ended up renting renting um crash bandicoot 3 it had uh, only recently came out uh so i was playing that uh and i remember it was uh we're playing that game and we had it had the dual shock and it was one of the uh one of the first times I'd really had rumble, you know, and that uh that jet ski level. Oh I just yeah. remember that being just and also even when you're like riding the tiger, just the feedback <laughs> that that gave you. Yeah. Uh on top of it being, you know, full 3D and really colorful and just responsive and fun. Um I just remember thinking, yeah, okay, this is this is gonna be pretty good. There's there this is gonna be fun. Because uh, I wasn't really wanting a PlayStation. I never asked for a PlayStation. I never said, Mom, Dad, give me a PlayStation. No, I wanted a Dreamcast. But the Dreamcast wasn't out yet. Uh, you I wanted also, a Saturn. You just didn't I also kind of wanted. <laughs> I also kind of wanted a Saturn. I, I was aware of the Saturn. Yeah. Um, there was a friend of mine. His older brothers had one. And I remember even thinking back then, like just looking at the thing, because they had like Sonic 3D Blast or something. That's about all they had. Yeah. Uh, and that's about the only time in my childhood, aside from like a kiosk at, the, at a store that I played a Saturn. Um, and I remember even thinking there was like this cartridge port in the back. I'm like, oh, can you put Genesis games in there? That's cool. Like it does both of them. No, no, that's not how it works. It would have been cool, Sega. It would have been cool. Yeah, I know. Everybody wanted that. But yeah. um but yeah, I I want I I didn't know anything that was on the Saturn, and I think I kind of figured it was kind of dead, uh, probably as a kid, and just I knew this Dreamcast thing was coming, so I was was interested in that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get either of those things until much later, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, there's the PlayStation, the PSX, the PS One, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was a it is a, oh, there's, a good little system still. So The library is so gigantic. There's just anything and everything you could think of playing. Yeah. Um, and really, by 98, uh, I was hitting the PlayStation at a real good time because they were just cranking out, like, just a ton of good stuff. Yeah. You know, you had Spyro. You had the first Spyro starting to come out. You had... Um, you weren't too far off of Ridge Racer Type 4... Oh, so um, and in the early 2000s, I want to say around 2000s or maybe late 99, my uh, mom got me a subscription to the PlayStation Underground, which was like this magazine th type thing. But it wasn't a magazine. It was just discs they sent you. They sent them huh. quarterly. 
Oh. And you got uh, demo discs. So you had one demo disc. The first disc was usually like interviews and like videos and shit coming up. Sometimes they had imports on those discs, yeah. uh, little import demos. So you could play like Japanese uh, demos of games. One of those was like um, this cooking game that's on uh, PlayStation called like I Am the Chef or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, stupid fun. Uh, <laughs> but I played it there first on on one of those little demo discs. Yeah. Uh, and then the second CD was just always packed with just demos. So, um, and it, I think the first time I got it, it came with a hat. I still have a hat somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was the coolest thing. I, I played so many demos as a kid. I played more demos than anything else. Shareware and renting games, like a lot of stuff. Nothing was really permanent. Yeah. And that I think that hurt me for a long time because I got real bad game ADD where I was real good at playing 10 or 15 minutes of anything, you know, or a half hour or whatever, but never, you know, really sinking my teeth in and trying to beat something yep. um, didn't happen as much. Well, they were just getting you prepared to be a Twitch streamer because let's face it, that's pretty much what we do. <laughs> That, that sounds that sounds like a request stream to me yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry gerald i don't know what that's called don't worry gerald um it'll be it'll, it'll be a twitch streamer what's twitch i don't know <laughs> it's coming <laughs> oh sweet i mean yeah i is that what just kind of offshoot a little bit but like me you like the Japanese library of systems quite a lot. Um, to to me, it's it's the pinnacle of any system. Tends to be the Japanese library, especially because I unfortunately come from the PAL regions, which meant you know borders, this that issues. There's always some issue, uh, and the NTSCU, the 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 North American market, whilst cooler, tended to be the same games without those things. But then you get this Japanese market that is definitely not the same things with no borders and full speed and everything else. So like those demo discs and things, is that what kind of got you into that era area? I think that was part of it. I think there was it was multi-pronged, really. And to be honest, like when you think of the things I like and the media I was consuming as a kid, uh, there was so much Japanese influence. It's not even funny. Like, mm-hmm. a- especially late nineties, we were starting to hit like anime hitting the mainstream for sure. Especially over here in the U S they did. Um, there was a cartoon network, the, 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 yeah. um, channel cartoon network. They had this thing called Toonami and I would watch that every day after school. And it had basically your, you know, uh, crash course in anime classics. You know, you've got your, your Gundam wings, you've got your Dragon Ball, you've got your Ronin Warriors, you've got your um, Voltron, you've got, I mean, that's not, it's its kind of adjacent, right? But it's all that, yeah. that same kind of stuff. Plus, eventually, I think I realized, especially as an adult realized, all the stuff was coming from Japan anyway, and just being copy-pasted with whatever localizations, you know, uh, yeah. whoever seemed to be fit. Yeah. Um, sometimes there was stuff, of course, that, uh, you know, happened here. But for the most part, I tended to mesh with that stuff over there. And just, I, I also knew there was stuff that we were missing out on because they didn't think it was going to be popular here. They didn't think people was going to be interested. So there's all of these reasons as to why I'm kind of fascinated with Japan in a way and also just 
really interested in the games and things that they put out because it's always been this this side but there's just so much over there that we haven't you and I haven't seen we haven't experienced because we had yeah. we had our library we had the library that was presented to us um so you start peeling back a few layers and as long as you can say yes and no to most things you know <laughs> as long as it's not like a story driven thing generally you can figure out what the game's about and actually play these things yeah um yeah. and i've i've uncovered so many cool things that way uh that i wouldn't have otherwise yeah, i've uncovered entire genres that i didn't even realize existed a bit like your chef game you know we never got that kind of thing i mean i i never realized until quite later on i always wanted to go down that route but importing from japan to europe that was complicated back in the day you know and and you had to rely on some extremely dodgy websites saying you know we won't rip you off.com type thing you know that kind of stuff well and uh, and now i'd i'd argue it's so much easier because oh, we're just yeah. so much more connected whereas you know back in the 90s it's like this big mystery you yeah. know sure there's people that do these things but you have to be in the know you have to know specific types yeah of people and honestly you have to live in specific places to a certain extent definitely because where i was living in rural michigan nobody was talking about importing <laughs> video game consoles no one gave a shit about that they they wondered how how many points your buck had from last weekend that's what they wanted to know about trust me um, in, in <laughs> northern pit village in the uk nobody was really talking about imports from japan either so it was it, it wasn't uh as bad as yours but in, in many ways it was you know j just i i think so. my first feeling of like fomo or like man i really wish i could get just the stuff that's in japan was when I started getting into Pokemon because they were always just a generation ahead there. Yeah. And, um, you know, that hit like right at the right time for me to be totally into it. Cause it was like fourth grade for me. So, and I had already aforementioned had a game boy. Um, although at that yeah. point, the game boy that I had was a little bit on the older side. Uh, most of my friends had pockets and stuff, but, um, <laughs> they, my parents fixed that with a game boy color the next year. Nice. Um, for my 10th birthday. I think your but, parents uh, were awesome. I, I know we all have issues with parents, but your parents didn't do too bad, to be honest. No, no, they did pretty well. Um, I think my mom recognized that I really liked that stuff. I kind of, uh, she she made an effort. And yeah. that's, I recognize that fully. Like when I was 14, I said I wanted an NES because I, you know, I grew up playing it and I wanted one. She found me one. Yeah. She went and, went and found me one at one of the used game stores down, you know, an hour away at one of the cities yeah. and um, made sure that I got one for, for my birthday. Um, and another year she asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I, I would put weird obscure shit on there and she <laughs> would just make it happen. Yeah. Like I wanted the jet set radio future soundtrack on CD. She figured it out and found it. Nice. Um, she bought me some boxed Odyssey two games when I was like 15 because that's what I, I got an Odyssey 2 from a friend of mine and I didn't have many games for it. So I was like, if you could find Odyssey 2 games, cool. And she did <laughs> because she knew how eBay worked. And like my mom wasn't afraid of the internet. So yeah. still isn't, obviously. But um, hang on, I got to interrupt here. Mom, if you're watching, can you get me some? <laughs> we have a whole bunch of guys in my Discord that will desperately be begging for mom's help. <laughs> Which sounds weird. And I mean, that was that was for a, a particular time, obviously. It didn't go on for forever. But I did appreciate 
looking back, you know, that was quite a bit of effort. That was trying to understand something that you're not swimming in. It's not your world, but you know, your, your child finds interesting and yeah. not every parent would go that extra step. So no, it's, no. it's appreciated. Mine didn't. Mine definitely didn't. I don't know about anybody else's in chats. If you have a tale of woe or wonder from your parents, feel free to type it in there. We will check it out. Uh, quick hello to D Mackey and anybody else that has just joined. Welcome to the 1v1 podcast. Today we are talking on a Sunday, not a Monday, to Mr. Cola, the wonder that is below me on, on, on the screen. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of good folks hanging out and chat with us today. We got th Pixels at Dawn, 48K, Cobrian, uh, I see D Mackey. Yeah, hello, yeah. hello everybody. We got, we got a mood. Can you tell that this guy does podcasts too? I, I don't know. You can tell. It's just like, yeah, hey, you you take it over next week. I'm going to be the guest on his podcast doing one v one. How about that? That would be cool, actually. I wonder if you there's know, anything I've... I haven't actually told everybody by now. There's been some vague thoughts in my mind of doing just some sort of I ramble about shit podcast, but I don't I don't know if anyone would actually care to hear me ramble for like a half hour to an hour about different things. Dude, uh, I think they, I have they to listen to this shit all I mean, the time. Yeah, I mean, they're listening to me now, so I suppose <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, uh, but I've been I've been kicking it around lately just for like. I don't know. Sometimes I'll think about a certain subject or I want, I, I try to put it in the back of my head for whatever the next stream is to talk with people, but I don't always get around to it. And I think if I had a list and then maybe just talked at length, you know, that could be interesting. Pro, too, pro so. tip. I write down, I, I'm just sat there and I'm playing, I don't know, Destiny 2 or something like, oh God, I wonder what Pixels would think. Oh, <laughs> write it down. I write yeah. everything. Well, that's I've time. I've been trying to to do that more and more. I have a little hidden section in my Discord that's just uh, available to me. This I just call my clipboard, and I just put shit in there, yep. uh, which helps. But you know, <laughs> only if you go look at the clipboard after the fact. <laughs> it's way too hard. Way too hard. Um, you think you we've got anything better to do, Cole? Exactly. Pix Pixels has it right. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. It's it's a bunch of nerds. Or in this case, two nerds talking to a bunch of other nerds about old shit and, you know, general life. A, a niche within a niche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering, okay, so you got your PlayStation 1, yeah? Mm -hmm. Doom's on the PlayStation 1. Yes, did they is. say, hey, you could play Doom now? And did you turn around and say, done that, no problem, and your dad's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it really it really wasn't until like my parents got divorced when I was around 10 or 11 that like it wasn't an issue at one house ah. and then the other house was very religious <laughs> and I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole at that house anyway yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like I I wouldn't and and that's kind of the sad thing so that that kind of punctuates the so i had that 486 that i said i grew up with and at that time like when i was late 90s early 2000s parents got divorced uh, i had that computer in my room because uh, we had moved on the family computer we bought like a celeron like a 400 megahertz celeron machine from the home shopping network back when people used to do such things i've seen um, that on american tv <laughs> Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. It was just some sort of you know uh, basic ass uh, computer setup that they bought on there, 
but we used that machine free. I used that machine for for years uh, after the fact. Once it got retired, and my mom bought, got something different. Yeah. But I got the 486 as a hand me down, basically. Uh, and I would do all sorts of stuff on there. Um, you know, not just playing games. I like to try to like. I was always interested in making them and doing creative things too. Um, we have eh. seen some of your um, stuff, previous stuff. I don't know. I've, I can't remember if there's images or or an actual. Well, there yeah. there are. I do actually still have the executables for some games I made later. I don't have anything from that early. Okay. Um, I I eventually got into Game Maker around seventh or eighth grade, and then really stole people's engines and heavily modified them for my own purposes. That, that, that's how we learn, dude. Because <laughs> I, me. I mean. As much as I found over time, I am not a programmer. I can do it sometimes, but it's <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. I'm more of the I'd rather think of the concept or do art and stuff like that side of the house and leave the yeah. uh, if then statements and you know all the other you know loops and things that you have to think about when you're when you're programming. <laughs> uh, but back to that 486. So I love that machine. It was in my room, and unfortunately, one week I came back from my mom's house, and my dad was like, "It's it's gone." And I'm like, where's my computer? Don't worry about it. It's gone. Oh, dear. But I th what I think was the case is he thought that I was spending too much time in there on there without interacting with the new greater family that yeah. he said he had to take it away, basically. So unfortunately, I lost that machine. Uh, never to be seen again. I would love to find it again someday. I've never been able to find that particular Packard Bell either. Um, and it's not even like I have a Pentium machine that honestly like wipes the floor with it for what it does for that era. But it ain't. But I still. Fun. But of course, I still want that particular one. You want yeah. the one that you remember. Yeah. Um. So maybe well, maybe someday I'll come well, across we, it. We won't judge your dad in here. However, we will glower glow intensely and stare at him. There you go. You know, it's one of those things <laughs> where you can look back and you can understand where people's hearts were in the right place, yeah. but like. You're still kind of like, God damn it! What? What? No, My... you couldn't have put that in. You couldn't yeah. have put that in the spacious basement underneath some other bullshit that you kept for twenty <laughs> years because you kept everything else. Yeah, my, my dad did the same thing. I mean, he, the, my mom and my dad bought me a ZX Spectrum, um, which was, I guess, reasonably expensive at the time. Before that, I'd just built myself kits like the ZX80 and stuff, uh, which were much cheaper because uh, you built them yourself. So. Uh, and he bought me this Spectrum, and he kind of, you know, gave it me. I tested it. I checked it out. Then I opened it at, at the Christmas time, and and then it was like, you know, there you go. Do you want to play? Uh, no. You know, he walked off. And then, leaving me to it, I go into my bedroom, and I become a recluse and a hermit because, you know, I've got a fucking computer in front of me. What else am I going to do? Um and then, of course, six months later, it's like you spent too much time on that. You're, you're a hermit. You're blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, I am literally sat there going, yeah, 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 please leave. It's in my head. I'm just like, just go away now because I want to go back to being a hermit. Of course I was a hermit. You know, of course I spent too much time on it. And that's what we did. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's no worse than my dad getting his Datsun Cherry and spending too much time on that. Of course, it was to him, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, I stayed a hermit. Screw them. Parents, they all suck. Except for your mom and, and, and Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe's cool, too. <laughs> um, apparently, oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Mr. Cola has answered your 
uh, has, has, has spoken back to you, Ellie Naomi. I don't know why she wanted you to know that. But uh, for those yeah, people on audio podcast, uh, Elliot Naomi wanted me to tell my friend. Why do they always think you're my friends? I mean, I don't know. Weird. I just talk to these strange guys. I mean, on the internet. That's another podcast. <laughs> you like Super Mario yeah, Brothers three? It is great. Um, my I favorite Mario Brothers game. I think that is my favorite Mario Brothers too. Although Super Mario World sometimes comes very, very, very close. You have to um, say that because if you don't, your wife will kill you. Well, that's her favorite, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, really, playing both, like some days, I think my my whatever happens, I just mesh with World more. But three is, I think, I like overall better. I just like the the aesthetic, the feeling I get from from three a little bit more. I was always uh, always have been a massive fan of the original Super Mario Brothers, the the, the you know the one that was on the NES. Not the mm-hmm. like Donkey Kong type kind of thing, um, and Super Mario Brothers three. I was kind of like, ah, it's overcomplicating a perfect platformer. Uh, we'll not even talk about Super Mario Brothers two, um, and then I started playing it a bit more and a bit more, and I don't know if it's because I got older or what, but suddenly I just it just dawned on me, like you know, boom, shining on the bald head type thing. Uh, that Super Mario Brothers 3 is literally just perfect. It doesn't overcomplicate it at all. It's just great. And being able to run really fast and then take off and fly is amazing. So, and uh, yeah, that was that yeah. that was definitely cool. Once I finally realized that you could do that. Yeah. Um, of course, as a kid, you didn't. I didn't really know that that much. I didn't know about the warp whistles or anything else. Yeah. Uh, until until much much later, but uh, I've definitely put in some time with that now, you know, over the years. Um, and just I mean, graphically, the game is if you compare that to you know Super Mario Brothers one that came out four years before it, it's just yeah, night and day. It is. It is. Um, not to mention slight spoilers for a you know thirty year old game now. <laughs> I think we're um, okay. Uh, you know the 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 gigantic world i remember mm-hmm. the first time i saw that world like um it, it was one of those first games where i remember friends telling me about things in the game and just kind of like imagining it in my head and then finally seeing it for myself later yeah um that was that was one of those games for me they're good moments um, they're catching fly moments where you're literally just like oh. you know it's it's it's, oh my god this is the future we've spoke about this on the 1v1s before there's, there's been a lot of um i'm there i'm in the future spaceships are gonna come soon uh and it's little things like like that it's just it just pushes those limits um right you're young we've worked out you're young because anybody who says you know their first major console was a playstation one let's be honest you're young um and you got that late so you're even younger so what got you into more obscure systems, like obscure to you anyway, to Americans in general, like the ZX Spectrum? Ooh, okay. Sorry, well, the ZX Spectrum. Yeah, I hate myself as, now. As, <laughs> as, as people would as people would call it around here. Um, I will say ZX Spectrum. I mean, yeah, I, I know tend you're to you're, say you're ZX a wonderful Spectrum. human being, though. So. I I well. I look at it this way, wherever it was released, you should respect where it came from and call it whatever the natives would call it. You know what I mean? Like that it's, it's the same as somebody saying, you know, um, 
I don't know, I pronounce the, my name this way instead of that way. You yeah. know, you're putting yeah. the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. And it's I, just, yeah. I think it's respectful in the same way, you know. Um, you're all right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that. So, of course, early 2000s, I started getting into just picking up consoles I didn't own at garage sales or thrift shops or whatever, because I could afford them. I couldn't afford, yeah. you know, the new PS2 or a GameCube. Um, eventually my mom got me an Xbox, but that's mom again. I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's goddamn mom um, in the world. I want your mom. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the last console my mom went in with me on, I was like 20 and she's like, I don't know what to get you for Christmas. I'm like, would you go have these on the PS3 with me? And she's like, okay. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, so I picked up all these different things. Um, fast forward probably about five years ago or so. Uh, I had moved to Chicago or getting close to moving to Chicago and I had, had a little bit of extra money. And so I started like exploring all these other systems that like I'd only kind of heard little vague mentionings of like I didn't know anybody, of course, around here with a ZX Spectrum. I, I honestly even Commodore 64, like I ran into it twice as a kid, maybe, maybe three times. But again, like you said, I'm a little bit on the younger side, so most of that had already been put into people's back rooms. Yeah. Um, even Atari, Atari 2600, I remember one time playing it at this guy's house. He was like, oh, do you like video games? And I think I was probably five or six or something. I was like, yeah, I like video games. Like, I got a Atari, and it was uh, it was Spider-Man on the Atari. I actually remember that <laughs> pretty pretty vividly. Because uh, I thought it was cool that you could just climb up the building, but it was just like there wasn't much to do. So I was kind of confused as to what I was actually supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I just kind of all of these different things. I'm just like, you know, let's let's I want to try to get a Commodore 64 because I see, see all of these different things uh, that I missed out on. And I kind of want to see what this machine is capable of. And I always have liked playing with the actual hardware, getting the actual experience of the thing. Um, and so the C64 was kind of like, well, and even a little bit before that, somebody had given me an Apple IIc, oh. and I had a stupid amount of fun just trying stuff out on that, that I'm like, what else haven't I tried? Um, and then getting more into the C64 stuff, I'm like, oh shit, there's this whole scene over in Europe <laughs> producing these cool things. And I can't run them on my NTSC machine because of, you know, clock differences, code works differently at different speeds. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fine, I guess I'll import a, a C64C from the UK so I can play all of these PAL things. Okay, how do you work with PAL signals? <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, there's these other machines that I haven't really touched. Uh, this ZX Spectrum thing. Oh, someone I know, or I'd mentioned something, you know, to a few people, you know, that I was kind of looking for one. And uh, I think it was Jan Beta. Yeah. He was like, I have one lying around. Do you want to buy it, buy it from me? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what a better person to buy it from, you know, being serviced and stuff. Yeah. Had a composite mod and everything. So I'm like, okay, I'll pick that up. And then I started picking up the accessories for it and learning more about that. And even before then, I had gotten into the Amiga side of things. I'd always kind of liked the demo scene too. Um, at some time in high school, one of my friends was like kind of into it on the PC side and he showed me some demos. 
And uh, it's ever since then, I've kind of been interested in the demo scene. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and and then starting to hit things like the Amiga and the ZX Spectrum where the demo scene or C64 as well. Uh, the demo scene is like it's intertwined in a way that it cannot be removed. It's, like it's, it's it is, it is so, yeah. yeah, it's, it's so much a part of those systems that, um, you know, it just became more and more interesting and it kind of self fed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you find out about these other things and you want those things too. And then you, you buy them and you, you go move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, it's basically, it's that trying to, experience what I've missed out on, but also see what these machines truly are capable of, especially given today's um, knowledge and abilities of people programming things on them. I, I love seeing the hardware pushed um, or even just like people running silly things on it or just doing things because they can like just doing something for that's 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 interesting or doing it because you can is is a great reason for me <laughs> so that's no, a pretty good reason and i don't always agree with it but um well no that's not true i do agree with doing things that you know just because you can or things that are not expected uh in in just a general kind of thing i i you know i'm, I'm all right with that i know some people know i don't like certain things but that's just because i don't like certain things in certain ways because I'm old. <laughs> do you end up finding, or you you end up finding what you like, and you kind of you expect things to be within that line? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes when you're challenged by something that's outside of that, you're like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of out. That's yeah. over there. I'm too old for like... <laughs> outside boxes. Boxes are nice and comfy and cozy, and I've got little walls. So, well, there's yeah. usually reasons why you've, you've created those boxes. You know, yeah. there's there's reasons why you like or you don't or pursue what or yeah. anything like that. So definitely, um, yeah. I don't know if I really answered your question greatly, but no, you, you know, it's you it's uh, it's one of those things where there's all these things that I've been interested in, and emulation is great, and it's cool to experience them in an emulator. But you do miss quite a bit, especially with keyboard based machines yeah. because let's be honest the 108 keyboard a key keyboard layout we work with today is not the same as what's on the zx spectrum it's not the same <laughs> as what's on an amiga yep. it, it's close there's there's some similarities but if you need to find run stop good luck <laughs> if you need to find yeah. you know <laughs> Um, there's like a load button, you know, on, on the ZX spectrum or whatever. And I like, good, good luck finding that one. It's the simple um, unless things. you knew before. Yeah. It's the simple things like trying to find the cursor keys on a rubber keyed 48 K spectrum and playing a game on, on a, on a modern PC. It's there. It's dead easy. It's on your right. It works on, on a spectrum. No. And it doesn't work. Um, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, well, so yeah, no, that's 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 good. I'm I'm glad. Do you have any more plans for other systems? Please don't mention Apple IIs again. I'm getting annoyed. Everybody has an Apple. I've got an Apple II. I've I've, te I've technically got two. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a box. One, there's one, a box one working and one unknown. Oh damn it! <laughs> yeah, how much do oh, I have man. to what, send what you else? for that? What else do I, what am I looking for? Um, I honestly have most of the things that I've kind of desired for in my life at this point. Yeah. Um, 
most i'll say most there's a few things of course and it th this is the sad point that you get to i think anybody gets to in collecting or anything you get to where you've bought all the stuff that's inexpensive or you've bought all the things that are readily available yeah. and then you start going weirder and weirder and more obscure and more it tends to get more costly at that yeah. point too, because people are like, Oh, these are rare. So yeah. automatically they're worth a bunch of money <laughs> just because something wasn't produced very much or wasn't successful back in the day does not make them necessarily valuable now <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of systems um, that the, the only like made 7,000 of them, which is very, very little. Uh, and it's still not worth anything because the crap, it doesn't it doesn't help too that i'm a bit of a cheap ass too and i just um you know i bought a lot of these things when they were cheap i yeah. bought you know um i remember buying a sega genesis for five dollars that's like, a mega drive to everybody else yeah a mega drive a mega drive model one basically was what it was and i bought that for five dollars at some uh garage sale some sorority girls were having in town <laughs> This sounds interesting. So, Let's talk about that. It's less it's less interesting <laughs> than you think. I live in a college town, so there's all sorts of sororities, fraternities, all that kind of stuff, okay. you know, and houses are peppered around the town. So one of them was having some sort of garage sale, and I saw a Sega Genesis, and I had five bucks, and I took it home on my bike. <laughs> Damn, that's cheap. And nowadays, the even a, a Genesis Mega Drive is about... I think even an days. RF uh, RF cable people might charge five bucks for nowadays. <laughs> it's probably true, yeah. And it's worth every penny. Don't ever buy RF cables. Oh, yeah, just don't do it. Mod your shit. Um, I've, I've lost train of thought completely now. We're talking about ZX Spectrum. Yeah. So you're like you were asking you were asking um, what other like obscure consoles am I like looking to get still. Yes. I mean, I would love to get a Sharp X68000, but they're just so <laughs> damn expensive. And there's just so much random bullshit you have to deal with that I'm not sure the if I... Twin I've... Towers of Wallet Doom. It's it's so... <laughs> I mean, I, I tried looking to try to buy one four years ago, and I was met with sticker shock then. And I know it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Um, we need to I'll basically probably... raid DJ Hoffman's house, because he's got all the shit we want. <laughs> Let's be honest. So MSX would be cool. I think. I think there's there's enough there that would keep uh, keep things interesting. Yes. Um, Hopefully. I I do. I, I've always had like a little bit of an interest in it, just because there's so many Famicom things or other series that kind of started there. Like Konami did a lot on that system. Yes. And there's a lot of like, if you're you're just going one level deeper you know, to what you might have uh, experienced as a kid. So that's that's part of what interests me on that one. Um, arcade well, stuff is also interesting because that's, uh, you know, a side that was always unobtainium to a certain extent as, so as a kid. Some. Yeah. Um, and some of them can be very, um, very affordable um, in the vast scheme of things. Yes, in America, um, at least. Well, yes, and we have we have quite a bit more available just because of our size and what was produced. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's a few things there that I wouldn't mind getting into. I'd love to get a candy cab someday. Um. And that's been on my like to buy list for the last few years, and I see them steadily creeping up in price. And uh, I'm afraid that eventually I'm going to get priced out here, but we'll see what happens. 
You won't get priced out, but you may get thrown with divorce when you end up with one anyway. Oh, I know what that well, feels there's, like. It's just there's a certain line. I think you have it too. Everyone has that line that's just like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, it's no longer worth that to me. Like, yeah. if you were a little bit below, I would have been, you know, all day. But otherwise, I, I you've, crossed that you've hit line. that threshold. I crossed that line last week with you. So, you know... I, I'm still disgusted that I had to cross that line, but hey, it's the first time I have actually crossed it, and it will probably be the last because I've, I've, I have a horrible gut feeling I'm going to regret it. There's been two or three times that I've felt like maybe I spent a little bit too much on this this silly retro shit. Yeah, yeah. Like when I bought a RetroTink 5X, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is... <laughs> I'm really into it now, aren't I? I'm really, really swimming in this for three hundred plus dollars for a scaler. Yes. Um, however, I love that scaler to death. <laughs> it is one of the best purchases I have ever made. I think it was worth every penny. And like, that's the thing though, because there's that sting at the beginning where you're you're afraid that it's not worth all of this that you've just poured onto it, and you're like, now I have to wait. And I, I don't, if this, if this doesn't work out, then I got to wait all this extra time to do this other thing. And I think that's what, what hurts partially. Um, yeah. And, and, then <laughs> and especially, especially with old stuff now too, if you're not getting something that's a new device, you're always, no matter what, when you're buying old shit, you are rolling the dice yeah. of whether or not it'll work when it comes to you and whether don't or not you're going to have systems, additional guys. pain. Don't buy retro disk systems. I'm so sick of the it's, issues with those. Oh, It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it comes with the territory. Uh, you have and you have to be kind of okay with that to a certain extent. But that and that I think that was what was a bridge too far with the with the X sixty eight thousand is I could have bought one for like eight hundred dollars, but it was not like not fully working. I would have had to do more work on top of that eight hundred dollars. And I'm like eight hundred dollars is already like an out outrageous amount of money for something that's you know thirty years old in 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 my mind. You know. Yeah. Uh, but if you get, you know, you know how many of these things there are, how many people actually have one in the United States and how many of them are actually available for sale. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, some, it's, some it's, things it's actually are, whilst not rare as such, there's there's thousands of them out there, but they're, they're hard to get hold of, you know. And Well, uh, and especially in this Sharpik 68,000 sense, these were high end. Yeah. You know, you were spending some serious coin when you were buying this so the people who would would buy them would likely have remembered that and held on to them and you know the people who are going to buy them from them probably have an idea of that and yeah it, it kind of it feeds oh, itself enough, a little enough, bit enough, enough. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Japan. I mean, we're, we're literally going back to the previous conversation about imports and stuff. I mean, if you want the best of that kind of thing, or, or, or a lot of consoles and computers, to be honest, then we still need to import you from Japan. Now, importing from Japan is now easier, but it's also just as complicated, and you're still taking a chance because... It's in Japan, you know, it's 5,000 miles away. You have no idea what you're actually getting until it gets here. And then when it gets here, it's gone through shipping, so it's exploded, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, things. 
that's why, like, if you can find somebody who's actually over there and actually is doing, you know, interacting with whoever's buying and selling stuff and shipping it to you, yeah. giving you that, like, little extra check of, you know, this thing's vetted, this thing's working, you know, and and a lot of places want to get it, you know, they want to do right by you. They want to, like, yeah. continue to sell things and have a good reputation, so... Um, I used to have uh, this guy I would buy stuff from. It wasn't like he, he had like a forum thread, right? He was just one of those guys that had a forum thread, lived in Japan and sold Famicom shit. Yep. Um, and that's how I got my AV Famicom, my regular Famicom and my 70 plus Famicom carts. I bought them all from him. Uh, but he would he would cut me deals. He would make sure that, you know. I was fully aware of like if there was scratches or dents or anything else like that. And those are the kind of people you want to work with. You want to work with the people who are completely transparent about what's going on and will cut you a deal on, you know, buying, buying in bulk. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was one of those great little uh, things for a time. Um, I kind of wish he was still doing that because I got some, some good deals that way. I've noticed all professional retro gamers, excuse me, have uh, have at least one guy in Japan. I have a guy in Japan. You know, Beanie has a guy in Japan. You have a, or you did have a guy in Japan. You know, mo most people, we have one guy. Uh, it turns out there's a lot of guys in Japan because none of us have the same one. But uh, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know some people who are, you know, importing cabinets from Japan and stuff like that too. So I mean, yeah. like there's, there's all sorts of facets of it too. Um, but I'm glad that there's ways to do it, but it's still, uh, depending on what you're looking for, going to be <laughs> some work, you know, depending on what you need. All right, random quickfire question. It's not going to be about music, which it's been about for virtually everybody else. Favorite fighting game and why? Oof. <laughs> Ouch. Favorite fighting game. Yeah, it's got to be the favorite. No, no, it's possibly a favorite. It's got to be the favorite, the best one that you've ever played. And what system and why? Yeah, it's 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 easily Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Um, I would probably say the one that I've played the most is the the Dreamcast version, but I don't like playing it on the Dreamcast controller as much as I made people suffer with it for years. <laughs> um, you know that D pad made of knives. Yes. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'd probably play it if I had a choice on CPS 3, you know, with like an actual fight stick and whatnot. But yeah. Street Fighter 3, you know, it's just that that right balance of it's the music, it's the characters, it's the memories I have of playing it with, you know, daggers and other friends of mine, um, you know, getting getting better, improving my skills. Um, it just all kind of meshes right. I really like that era. Um I also really like drum and bass music. So, I mean, that whole soundtrack's pretty much <laughs> drum and bass. Um, and the animation at that point, like Capcom was like really giving a shit about how things looked. I think Third Strike's backgrounds aren't quite as good as Second Impact, which is the, the version of Street Fighter 3 that came before it. But aside from that, everything else is just done so well. It plays so well. It, it's, it's just, I could play that anytime and have a good time with somebody. Um, nice. There's there's a handful of fighters like that. I think that what would come very very close, I almost said it would be Ultra Street Fighter Four because Street Fighter Four that brought fighting games back. Like that's that I when I got the first version of Street Fighter Four, I remember my friends and I just playing it all night, and just we were we were 
having a blast and none of us knew what we were doing either. And that was, <laughs> and that was great. Yeah. 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 Uh, for those who don't know, there, there are two uh, genres that I do know Mr. Cola really likes. So I'm not going to talk about the second yet. Um, but he's massively into 1v1 fighters and stuff. Not like brawlers, actual fighting games. Uh, what what kind of got you kicked off on that? What what made you? And I really should qualify when I talk about like fighting games. So 1v1 fighters. I like them in the casual, you're having some beers and beating each other up sense. <laughs> like I, and, and I'm not saying that I don't look at, you know, how the tech works and like how combos work and, you know, the different systems that each of these fighting games have, because a lot of them, they, they are so complex and they have, it's, it's a big, it ends up being a crazy rock, paper, scissors battle. And, um, and to a certain extent, fighting games to me are interesting with another person. Yeah. I don't like them as much versus the CPU because the CPU is just going to read your inputs and, and counter. I'm just constantly a, a lot forward. of a lot of time it is yeah and and sometimes i mean that can be good it can be good training for you and it can be a way to like improve your skills via in you know, some other means yeah but that's not what's fun to me what's fun to me is playing you're essentially playing a game of chess you're you're anticipating the other person's moves and trying to enact your will upon them like you're you're really trying to like you know, counter what they're doing. And it's, it's funny because you'll play people who don't know f about fighting games or how things work. And uh, daggers and I'll joke, like it's like reading a, a, like a book with no words on the page because <laughs> you can't, you can't read it because they don't even know what they're doing. So yeah. those type of people sometimes are even harder to fight against because you're trying to anticipate, you're trying to actually actively battle in some way and have some sort of strategy against them, but they're, you can't, <laughs> you, you yeah. I mean, you can, you just have to kind of enact your own sort of uh, dumb strategy, I guess, you know, <laughs> where you're just automatically doing something and hoping you're going to catch them. Yeah. Um, but that's what's fun with fighting games to me is just like, it, it's that and just, I, I also really like playing games that we're, where we're on an even, you know, where it's not lopsided either, but I don't mind teaching people. I also think it's really important to teach people. Otherwise, they're not going to have any fun. You yeah. you have to understand how the game works or it's just going to be mashing buttons. Because I, I hated fighting games as a kid because people would just run me into the ground. Yeah. Um, I still do, I still have this weird like pit of gut feeling when people talk about Mortal Kombat because <laughs> every time I played Mortal Kombat, I'd get my ass kicked. Because my, um, you know, my friends were so much better than me and they knew what they were doing and they wouldn't give me an opportunity to learn. Yeah. And that opportunity, like, especially if you're trying to get somebody to play a game with you for the first time, don't beat their ass. Try to let them learn, at least, you know, give them a chance to to find what you find interesting about this game. Good um, lesson. Very good lesson. I like so, it. Um, I, I, I'd that, beat your ass in Mortal Kombat, by the way, because that's it. one of the few I mean, games I can play. <laughs> guaranteed. Um, but uh, yeah, and I tend to stick more with like the the Capcom SNK style fighters, uh, less so the more American ones. I have started to dabble in 3D fighters in the last like half decade or so, yeah. but those didn't usually mesh with me, barring Soul Calibur, because I love Soul Calibur. I was about to say, come on, Soul Calibur. It's like, you know, that's 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 the other game that I'm actually I wouldn't say good at. In fact, now I'm probably not. But even on one player, I can get through it all and beat it. And I can't do that on any other fighting game. 2D fighting games, I just 
die constantly. It's so tedious. Uh, but for some, I don't know, 3D, maybe it's because it's more like in real life. I don't know. I have no idea. So, or maybe it's just because I've got a big sword and I play a sexy chick with a nice pair of legs. <laughs> you want you want big swords, you could go to Sam's show. Or, That's true. Or, the, or you could do the last blade on uh on neo geo those games yeah. man and that's that's another thing about fighting games that i love is especially you know the late 90s ones the animation is just insane yeah. just the amount of detail and care that they put into the characters and the things that are going on in the backgrounds yeah, you, like, you're literally playing an anime and yeah. i and i think some people just you know they just look at it and they're just like okay that's cool whatever but I mean, I used to I used to be quite into you know drawing and doing my own art, and I I know how much time some of this shit takes. Like it really takes some effort to to get you there. So yeah. uh, it's appreciated even more. <laughs> cool. Um. All right. So you like retro games? We we kind of you know found this out over several years now, uh, and in this one v one. Are there any other retro things that you? enjoy i'm gonna throw an example of vinyl records oh yeah yeah I, I am into vinyl um and i i started that oh probably around 2008 2009 a friend of mine um you've probably seen him in my stream sometimes skipper do yep um he uh actually my my best man um good friend of mine but he uh always had some vinyl records he had like a little mini collection and I remember one weekend we were in um, a city not too far away from us, Grand Rapids, and we went to this little hole-in-the-wall record shop. And it was called Dobbs Record Shop, I think. Um, and there was just this old dude sitting behind the counter, just like he looked like he had just like he was just getting ready to fossilize in the corner. Like he just <laughs> he there wasn't much sign of life, but he was kind of you know organizing his tapes or whatever at the counter. And there was just wall-to-wall -wall, uh, records just all around. And, um, of course, I've always kind of... Uh, interestingly, my my family's always sort of been into music. Um, my mom would always... I mean, we would, we would listen to all sorts of different things. But, like, uh, I, I grew up listening to Metallica on the way to preschool. Uh, I mean, we, I listened to Pink Floyd as, like, a young, young kid. Uh, there was always, always music going on. My mom also would quiz me often and be like, who's this? Who's that? And because of that, I'm really uh, well, good well, at hang on. picking up shit like that. Did she quiz you to test you or did she quiz you because she wanted to know? Uh, it was partially, be it was part, it was more to test me, more to wonder if I, if I picked up on knowing that these are the dude, people. Dude, your mom is fucking to. awesome. She still, she goes to concerts all the time too, still to Damn. this day. How um, how how do we get a mom like yours? <laughs> Everybody wants I don't to know. know. She she bought your video game. She she found you random rare shit. She she you know quizzes you on music. It's like the ultimate mom. I mean, we've gone to concerts together. At least a few of them. Yeah. I, I more than a handful. Um, that, that is yeah, amazing. We, we, We've seen Chevelle, Filter. I mean, she's more on the the harder rock side, you know, kind of the alternative um, kind of thing. I mean, she. Uh, I remember listening to Rob Zombie in fourth grade quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> the Offspring. Um, of course, we were just told, you know, don't don't say the bad words. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, but yeah, back to vinyl. Um, so we were at this record shop and there was all these different records and things. And I remember seeing um, a copy of Styx's uh, Paradise Theater, oh. which um, I had as a kid on tape. And I remember, um, I remember just looking, it's a thing that I used to do as a kid. And I'm sure you did where you just like st stared at the record or album cover and you kind of just like your your mind just went. You just oh, kind yeah. of like imagined being there along with the music playing or whatever was going on. Yeah. Um, and um, I just remember picking up the the whole the full size record and going, "Oh yeah, I need to buy this." Like it just brought back those memories as like a long, young kid. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I didn't even have a record player, so I was like, <laughs> "I'm just buying this just to have this." And I'm like. You know, and I, I also found Rush's Fly By Night, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll buy that, too. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll, like, I'll do that thing where you put the record into, like, a little, um, <laughs> you know, the little frame, put it up on the wall, we got some cool wall <laughs> art. Um, and then I'm like, you know, I'd actually really like to listen to these. I think that'd be kind of fun. And I found... Um, it was in like 2009. There wasn't many options for like buying a record player. Yeah. Uh, but there was an Audio Technica for sale that everybody was like, if you're going to buy a cheap record player, this is like the only one to do. Like everything else is garbage and everything, you know, it, unless you're spending $300, buy this one. This one's like 90 and it'll do you fine. And I yeah. still use that player to this day, actually. Nice. Um, it's an Audio Technica LP60. Um, I think the only thing that's been replaced on it is some belts. Uh, the I probably need to replace the the cartridge eventually here, but it still yeah. sounds fine. So, um, we, and we, then we, we went the opposite way. We got into the Ragers, so we we were like, you know, expensive. Uh, Although we do live in expensive country, so it, it didn't really make any difference. Do you have any cheap yeah, record I, players, I, and people just laugh you out of the shop? <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of the the frustrating thing you get faced with is like okay you're gonna have to buy something that's gonna be inflated anyhow you might as well buy the nice thing yeah um if you're gonna be spending all this stuff just because that's where you are yeah um but I just uh, I started acquiring records then and some of my favorite uh, you know artists would start were starting to actually produce things on vinyl because uh, they they realized fans cared about that. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, just slowly my record collection has, has grown and grown and grown. Um, a lot of stuff I would pick up for very cheap though. I would go to like Goodwills or other thrift stores and just pick up records for 50 cents or a quarter. Yeah. Um, and I, and honestly, I would pick up shit that I just was like half interested in because it's a quarter, like who, who cares, <laughs> but you, you yeah, get, maybe you get like some, it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that's yeah. what happened. Like, um, I I remember buying Steely Dan's Asia for a quarter, Amazing. and I adore that album. Like, yeah. I I had listened to I knew of Deacon Blues before, um, before I bought that album, but yeah. that was it. I didn't know the rest of the album. Now it's one of my favorites. So, um, there's absolutely or like I I got some early Santana albums. Those are fucking great and i don't like any of his stuff nowadays or like uh early aerosmith i have like one of their first albums and i'm like this is pretty good too like <laughs> i see there's there's a reason that people listen to you you didn't you weren't yeah. always just just uh you know pop so shit. The, the, the original the very first self-titled albums you know aerosmith release aerosmith you know it, it, it tends to be a self-titled album generally 
um all of those are absolutely brilliant and then for some reason i don't know a band gets popular and they just clone themselves almost it's kind of weird but yeah i mean i do the same thing uh, i've always done it i i love going into a record store what you were saying about you know you just did you find yourself just kind of staring at it and imagining what it was like and being there i still do that you know i'll, I'll go into i love going into second hand record stores and we have uh, a guy i can't remember his name but he, he's, he's still got a second hand record store just down the road from us and um I'll go in and I'll I can I can spend an hour just literally you know it's like the high fidelity record store just just thumbing through and I'll 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 pull out this thing and I'm like that is an amazing cover and then I just go and buy it you know and they're like oh do you like so and so oh is that what they're called no idea like the cover you know bring it back play it very often I am just sat there go, yeah, the amount of times I'll bring back an LP and i had no idea who it was and it's got this weird cover sometimes it's a norwegian band you know a swedish band because you know i live in norway now and i'll i'll put it on and it's like suddenly this 70s prog rock sound comes out of a record player and i'm like whoa you know it's, it's it, i do think we are kind of attuned to to search even without knowing for the thing that we think that, that we kind of like already you know if it's got yeah uh, if it's got I, people doing beatbox dancing on the cover i wouldn't even look at it you know because you know the chances of it, that being a good album is slim for me at least it reminds me of this uriah heap record that i picked up that uh, demons and wizards it's just got like this like very i don't know what the style is but there was this style in the 70s that was like this fantasy art but it's kind of scratchy but it kind of has this like there's this sinister look that's underneath it but it's yeah. still very much drawn uh and that's kind of what the it's, the, it's kind um, of like it's almost D almost i know yeah, exactly the kind yeah, there's, of there's something mean. there's something dirty and yeah, kind of ugh. um uh, off you know off-putting yeah. about it yeah. um but i remember like finding that i was aware of the name and i knew that it was prog ish but i'm like you know i will give this a try and yeah. I, that that record was great too yeah. yeah um so and and that's i do miss that to a certain extent especially now with how record records have done the same thing that friggin retro games have and in the last five or six years everyone's like oh Oh, people want these. Yeah. Oh, well, now we're going to have price charting amalgamation systems. And every time we sell it, we're going to make sure that it's priced <laughs> to market standards and not the 50 cent bin. Yeah. Um, and I miss the, I miss the 50 cent bin, you know, they it's still like, exist places. Uh, yeah. They still absolutely exist in thrift stops and places. But a lot of the old places that I would go to that were even just record stores would have something like that. And that's becoming less and less common, unfortunately. This, this um, is a bit grim, but uh, if you really want a good deal on records nowadays, look in the thing for people who have recently died. Uh, and, you know, just condolences. I'm looking for this. Do you want some money to, you know, you know, cover expenses or whatever? And uh, most of the time, People are very amiable to it. And you go out and you buy like, you know, this this 250 fucking LPs and you spend minuscule amounts. And sometimes you're thumbing through it and there's there's a pile of shit in there. Uh, but I'm going to say probably about 90% of that's going to be Lawrence Welk and so like much just... Abba. 
in this oh. country. <laughs> a lot of the stuff here is just like those solo adult listen, adult contemporary, yeah. you know, 50s, 60s uh, bubbles, you know, the big band and thing. Yeah. Um, well, some of that's cool. And I, I don't mind having some of that. But when that's all that you see at the, you know, in the bin, you're kind of like, oh, OK. Oh, and Christmas records, random ass <laughs> Christmas records. The, there's a thing over here. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Hammond Plays Pops. Yeah. Maybe not. Hammond Plays Pops. Okay. It's basically. Uh, is that like a Hammond organ basically doing pop music? Yes. Yes. So I have something sort of similar. I have like a couple of albums um, that are Moog based. Uh, so one of them is everything you always wanted to hear on the Moog, but were afraid to ask for. <laughs> uh, and the other one's like uh, Bach, I think, on Moog. Oh god. <laughs> and and both both of them sound really um they they're very silly sounding at yes. this point. Like they are they are a product of an era that where they were just like we can make electronic beep boops. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But by the way, nobody ever asked for anything by Moog. So no, the album is just a lie. <laughs> it's but got yeah. a cool it's got a cool cover the record that I That's have. the thing. That's going back to the cover thing because I'll I'll pop in the shop still and we have this thing over it's it's actually a Swedish music which is very similar to that Moog or Hammond plays pop stuff and you go there and it's very seventies and it's got a picture of a, a very nice uh, young lady on the front who is now probably ninety five years old uh, but you know and the the dressed in that cool hippie thing with all the flowers and half naked. And then you pop out the record and you put it on and, oh, my God, it's terrible. But I still listen to it because it's it's unique. It's it's like going and buying a ColecoVision game. It's not something most people will do. It's not something virtually most people won't experience it. Uh, and, yeah, it's a bit crap, but it's still... You but know, it, it's part there. of the fun. It's part of the fun, you yeah. know. It's uh, there is uh, there is definitely a fun of just putting something on the deck and not knowing where it's going to take you necessarily. Oh my god! That um, cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an interesting co cover. Although when you were talking about lady on the front, it reminds me of uh, you know that uh, whipped cream and other delights by Herb Alpert. I, I see that all the time I, too. I own that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I own a copy yeah. of it too. You if, you, have if, to. if you're into records and you don't own a copy of that, then you're doing it wrong to be honest. It's it's like, I, I, I have three copies of purple rain. I mean, you, you end up, that just happens too. <laughs> I own absolutely no prints, none whatsoever. Really? Because and okay. I know this is going to upset you giving you a part of the world, but uh, I'm not a fan. Never have. Really? Fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've, uh, I, I love purple rain as an album. Like, uh, I, I've always liked that one, but I don't go much further outside of that. It's, I know some of his other, it, you know, it's radio the whole... it's, it's that. I don't like his voice. It bugs the shit. I'm like, oh, shut up, you little man. <laughs> yeah. I also like some not so great singers in general. Like, that's not a, that's not a barrier for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm prog, I, you know, prog or punk. So I, I can't complain. I can't say that I don't listen. I'm, to I'm gonna say singers. you probably get yeah. some, some interesting vocals on the punk side for sure. Uh, very much so, yes. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the beat, it's the rhythm, and it goes on record, and it sounds best on record. I don't give a shit what anybody else says. It sounds best on record. So, 
do you like tapes? I think like me, you've got a couple of tapes. One from a certain French artist. Yes, I do. Yeah, um, yeah Dead Mascot, yeah. Uh, signed signed by Mr. Rom himself. Yes. I so tapes, tapes. I uh, you know I grew up using tapes. Like early '90s, late '80s. You're, that's peak tape era, and yeah. especially being a kid, it's cheap, and who gives a shit if you break it because it's cheap. Yeah. Um, so I do remember. It's really hard to break. Oh man! Even as a kid, I was really so. Funny thing, I used to just I would do like my own. I would talk. I learned eventually that I could talk into my boombox and record shit. <laughs> so I would make lists of things and talk and do. I wish I had those tapes, but I don't. I don't have any of them. Yeah. Uh, but I would do little sketches and I would record songs off the radio. So I had songs and things too. I want uh, this. Make my little own. Cola yeah. doing his stage show. I want it. <laughs> so I mean, weirdly enough, I kind of do some of that now, just in a you know more adult sense. Um, but, uh, <laughs> tapes, unfortunately, I've never quite gotten back to because I've never, I haven't gotten a player that completely works. I have one, I bought a dual tape deck, but it needs a bunch of belt replacements. Uh, one side doesn't work at all. The other side, I mean, they both have auto flip too. So it's like double the belts and the other side works one way, but not the other. So I have like a 25% <laughs> working tape player. Yeah. Um, and I have about three or four tapes. Um, weirdly enough, Steely Dan's Asia is one of the only tapes I have because I found <laughs> that at a Goodwill for a quarter. Nice. <laughs> I'm starting to and think, I'm... I mean, you've mentioned it a few times, but getting things for cheap is definitely a cola thing. I mean, it's, it, it makes it harder to say no, I guess. It does, like, I'll, it? Yeah. I'll just, I'll just be like, okay, a quarter or a dollar or... You know, um, like uh, <laughs> Eiffel 65's album that has the the uh, blue song on it that was really big that everybody was into in the late 90s. Uh, we found that at a garage sale for a quarter, and that ended up being like the CD that was stuck in the car for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. So like <laughs> that's 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 a thing that happens for sure. Yeah. A quarter, 25 cents. Yeah. 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 Um, fairly yeah i wasn't 100 percent sure but i was fairly sure okay so about 25 cents 25 pence god knows how much in norwegian that's probably still about a thousand dollars so um <laughs> uh, cool um okay random question time favorite shmup of all time and why and on what system not including arcade not including arcade my favorite cheap? of all my favorite of all time thunder force 3 I knew it'd be that. I knew it'd yeah. be that. Yeah. Um, so I blame my uncle Matt, which is on the same side of the family as Uncle Joe, but he also had a Genesis. Um, and uh, I played that there first. He had a copy from some video store. A lot of video stores around here, when they were getting rid of their inventory or whatever, they'd sell off the games for cheap right at the end. And uh, he, he had a copy of that from one of his local video stores. Uh and I was staying with him for an extended amount of time, like two weeks, week and a half one summer, because my dad went on some sort of event with my sister where they went camping on, uh, I think, one of the islands up uh, closer to, um, you know, the UP. But um, they were up there, so I was staying with my uncle. And I had a Sega, the aforementioned $5 one that I had bought. And I said, hey, Uncle, uh, uncle Matt, can I borrow this? 
<laughs> I haven't given it back yet. <laughs> <gasps> Uncle Matt, if you're out there, he still knows. He still has. He was, he still he was at my wedding. He could have asked. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's forgot. <laughs> yeah, pro probably. Probably. But I did end up buying a complete in-box copy some years later, too. Uh, but nice. you know, that's one of, that's one of those shmups I, I grew up with, um, Sega Genesis or Mega Drive. The soundtrack's awesome. The graphics are great. Uh, it's just easy enough, I think is another part that I like about it. Like it's not overly punishing, but it's, it's got a good level of challenge. Uh, definitely a variety in how you can switch your weapons on the fly, which is cool. Um, just one of those games that's always been with me, and whenever I load up a Sega, um, I mean, I'm always tempted to to give one one more go of Thunder Force Three. I must admit, I'm surprised it's not that that's playing in the back, uh, the background on you well, instead of Darius Twin. Well, I had the uh, the Super Nintendo already hooked up to to test other things, so it was just the <laughs> the quickest gotcha. this morning. Uh, chat, if you Which... have any questions for Mr. Cole, start typing them now because we are getting to the end of this. Uh, no, we cannot allow sprite scalers tentative to. That does not count, I'm afraid. Galaxy Force 2 has has a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, it's a good game. Which... but It's, it's not, a good game, too. It's not what I'd call a shmup. Otherwise, you're then saying that it's, Star um... Fox is a shmup. Which is... I would consider those like on-rails shooters, I think yeah. I'd call those, you know? Yeah. Um, and I enjoy those as well. Uh, Star Fox is usually up there um, for me for those. Star Fox 64 even more so. I am so looking forward to playing Star Fox on the uh, SFX Pack Pro. I'm I'm interested to see how you think about uh, with the, the Super FX speed up. Yeah. Um, you might want to skip the MSU1 hack though because uh, there's some... There's some silly, silly music. So for those who aren't aware, um, there's this thing on Super Nintendo. There's hacks that allow for essentially CD quality audio on the Super Nintendo using something called an MSU-1 chip. And uh, so, of course, people who make these hacks can just choose whatever music they want to. And sometimes they make choices. And, uh, you know, the spider boss right uh, in Venom, yeah. right before you uh, go to the Andross fight? They played circus music, like weird ass, just like that, 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 like. Okay. It yeah. was like demented clown music, and I'm like, what are what are we doing here? I mean, it like, kind of worked for me. It would terrify me, so. <laughs> Maybe it just took me intention. out of it. Like some of, some of the other ones were were like you know remixes or cooler sounding versions or more robust instrumentals of things you would have heard before and that works great i think that's what they they should have targeted but they just kind of went out of left field there and i'm like okay yeah you've yeah. you've literally just emphasized again that i'm playing a hack and you kind of took me out of it <laughs> yeah that that is the problem most i found most hacks uh of retro games to be somebody out there is is thinking it's hilarious to let you play as character a in game b and it just doesn't work you know golden eye for example there's a teletubby mod out there to play teletubbies <laughs> on golden eye on the nintendo 64 and I get it, you know, it's, it's, actually, I don't get it. It's not fun. It's just crap. Uh, but I get that some people maybe get it. And, but yeah, it's, I, I like the ones that keep it real, they enhance it. 
uh, the MS or is it MS MSU one? MSU, yeah, yeah, MSU one is uh is basically. Uh, I mean, Mr. Kohler explained it, but it's basically. You remember when uh, the CD-ROM was going to come out for the SNES? It, it's essentially that that turned into the PlayStation, of course. So it's essentially that. So we can even do FMVs, which is yeah, yeah, it can. And actually, there's some uh, there's some other. I I have downloaded some MSU one things that are basically just video files and yeah. so um there's like the intro to or it's a it's the trailer for akira i have that on the super nintendo and you can watch the trailer for akira on your super nintendo yeah. uh i also have the playstation boot up screen so if you want to really really imagine <laughs> <laughs> what could have so, been some people are sat there saying why and the reason is the same reason that mr cola mentioned earlier because we can you know? yeah because why, why not being able to is is kind of interesting it's it's a bit like that demo scene stuff isn't it you know what why, why do you want to watch scrollers with shitty fucking music because we can because they're awesome because it's a lot of awesome. times they will they will <laughs> and it's yeah you're gonna wade through a lot of crap but it's it's definitely worth it for those ones that where the music the visuals everything just kind of comes together to be something greater than itself. And you're feeling the the hardware being pushed at the same time. Yeah. It's just all kind of, you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. I want more of that. Whatever, wherever <laughs> that is, let's, let's find some more of that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, it's kind of the last question, unless you have anything that you want to tell us or, or ask me or, or anything. Um, it's one of, it's one of those questions. It's, it's going to be fairly easy for you to answer, I think, but I'm still interested. You, can only take one video game system or other item. It doesn't have to be a video game system. Onto a deserted island. Not a desert island, uh, which I have actually typed. Uh, for the next five years, EverDriver ODE is included. Power is not a problem, nor is some kind of visual display You uh, TV. Uh, what do you pick? Five years. Just you. No wife. Just you. Five years alone. Hmm. I could cheat and say the mister. It's <laughs> <laughs> not, not cheating. It's not cheating. It's kind of cheating. It is. It is slightly cheating. It though. is slightly cheating. Um, I, I think it gets away from the intent. You, you'll never be able question. to update your cause. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you better choose your right nightly. Because um, <laughs> otherwise, you're uh, yeah, you're rolling the dice. Oh no! Your favorite your favorite game isn't supported in this version of the core. Yeah. Um, cause that's definitely a thing, <laughs> ah, man, it is, it is tough because there's at least two or three things that I think I would pick. Um, and it's, it's five years, right? So you got to think of, yep. you want a good balance of things that you would want to go back to. That would be comfort food, essentially, uh, things that you could play over and over and also things that you could discover at the yep. same time that is going to give you enough Enough to chew on, especially for five years. Remember, it doesn't have to be a retro system. It could be something else, but I'm expected a retro system. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking some sort of retro system. Like it's either going to be the Genesis or the Saturn um, Mega Drive. You know, depending on your region. Yeah. Um, and it's there's there's also a slight temptation to go with like a, a late 90s pc 
you know, something something nice and specked out well. I mean, I'm assuming that also um, concerns about uh, uh, capacitors and or uh, hardware shitting out on yeah. you are not a concern in this. He's surrounded this by some. Let's just assume you can make. We're not. Cups. We're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We you have infinite number of ways to fix it, I yes. guess. Um, I'd almost go with the PC one because then you could do all sorts of different shit, and then I could also, you know, I could still I would still have an outlet to do creative things at the same time. Um, but then at the, that point, you could almost say like, why wouldn't you just bring a modern PC? And then you can do just effing everything. Well, then storage is an infinite. <laughs> no, so that no. this is way more in depth reply. I, I did not expect to go this deep. It's it's hard. It's hard yeah. because I'm just trying to think of like, the five year part is where you're really <laughs> tripping me up because it's all fine and dandy that first year. But once you get past that, you need something that's going to not only satiate your want of some sort of entertainment to play something, but you're probably going to want some sort of creativity type, you know. Yeah. itch to be scratched as, as pixel says stop breaking the question answer the goddamn I know, question i know <laughs> um i probably i would probably go with with the genesis just because it's so there's so much that i still have not experienced on there it is so huge yeah. there's a lot of games for each region and if i had a, an ode with everything loaded up i think i could be happy um, but I think a PC of a certain age could be could be close to depending on what I could have with it. So don't yeah, get stranded it's a on a deserted island with Mr. Gola because he will annoy you by never coming up with well, answers for dinner. And this and this should tell you something <laughs> about me anyway is I'm indecisive to a fault. So it's just <laughs> it just is part of I get cho choice paralysis is real. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I think streaming and some of this other stuff has like helped me get more focus with some of that because then you have a reason. You you know, people are expecting X or Y, and you can't just be like, <laughs> okay, I'm going over here. I mean, I do sometimes, but um, I, I when I wrote this question out to to ask you because I try, I try and ask the guests one different question every single time. Uh, and as I'm writing this one out, I always try and answer it myself to see if it's a valid question. And I was kind of doing what you did, and I'm just like, no, just pick one. And then I suddenly realized I wouldn't take a retro system. I'd take a Netflix subscription. Assuming it got updated. I mean, I don't know, mm -hmm. it's streaming. So, you know, suddenly we have internet, but the question's kind of out there. And we've got power, so. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I, almost would think that, you know, music would be important to me as well. Yeah. Um. The, the nice thing about, uh, you know, some of the game consoles and stuff is you can listen to the music that's provided from those things. So I, while I'd be missing out on quite a bit, there's still some good things that I could listen to that are it would probably fill the gaps, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I ended up thinking Netflix was probably cheaty, so I ended up on Neo Geo CD. Weirdly enough, uh, CD part purely because I've got one and it has music, um, so I could listen to you know things. Uh, it, yeah, choice paralysis exactly, Catherine. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a CD player at the end of the day, too. So, I mean, yeah. as long as you can bring whatever you want, ISO wise. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you why, why not? Yeah. 
Hey, um, technically, technically, if I'm taking a Genesis with one of the high-end EverDrives, I've got Sega CD support. That's so true. that's true. So put a few of my favorite albums on there, and I'm I'm in Fat City. There you go. There's, there's a way. It's it it's it's a hard question, but it's also an easy question at the same time. You've just got to decide exactly. It's only you're hard doing. if you get assholes like me on here who try to <laughs> overanalyze and break the question. Literally, as I'm typing it, I am doing exactly the same thing, and I'm just like, "Eek, is this going to work?" And then I came to a solution. Then I came to another solution. I'm like, "Okay, fuck it, it'll work. It'll work. I'll just pull him apart and make sure he answers it quickly," which didn't work. Uh, ICQ. One five one two five four. Do you remember yours? I do not know my ICQ number. I Nobody's was on it. it. Yeah. Uh, my mom can rattle hers off. Yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was a huge this, ICQ this user. This does not surprise me at all with your mom. Uh, you have to do me a favor at some point. Uh, I know it's going to be weird, but you have to tell your mom that uh, certain people that you know think she is the greatest person in the world. She uh she vaguely knows who you are. I mean, I've I've just said, you know, I have a friend in Norway and I've, you know, mentioned a thing or two, you know, about Twitch yeah. streaming or the, the podcast or whatever, you know. Well, so. I want to know the conversation after when she goes, Oh yes. <laughs> you have to explain exactly why she is the best mom in the world. And be like, oh, there we go. Uh, D Mackie knows this apparently one two one three four eight. One two one three that's nice. newer than mine. God damn it. Mine was fairly early, I thought, to be honest. Because um, I don't think they actually started at one. They, I think they always had six figures or more or something. So, um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't use it anymore. I, I know my ICQ. I don't actually know my password, though. And I definitely don't have the email that that password was attached to, that account was attached to. So, Yeah, uh, I uh, was definitely online then. Um even though I was rather young and probably exposed to some things that I necessarily probably shouldn't have been, but, uh, you know, it's being in chat rooms as eight this or nine-year-old. This is where you get doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love ICQ. Uh, I, I, can, I can never say it right, though, because ICQ. you got to say it like Keanu Reeves. ICQ. <laughs> um, right, I think that this might be it. Do you have anything you want to tell these fine people out there and on the audio podcast? Um, no, thanks for having me today. It was, uh, of course, always, always a pleasure to talk. Um, of course, you can catch me on other episodes of the Hitching Post podcast when we do normally ones that aren't 1v1s when those yes. come back. Yes. Um, so, I also... Somebody's I... got to come up with a topic. That's literally all <laughs> yeah. we're waiting for. And yeah, we 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 had a we had a boatload of them at one time, but yeah. it seems to have been lost to time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah um, I'm uh, also I do uh, Twitch streams. Uh, generally, I've been keeping it to Saturdays uh, midday my time. So whatever um, you know, I'm in the East Coast uh, U.S. time zone. So whatever that translates for you. Um, generally, stream retro stuff, but I've been known to to toss in the occasional uh, modern thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun, fun chatting today and, uh, looking forward to doing another one of these sometime, uh, in the future. Yeah. So it's been good. Uh, and one day I'm being serious here. One day I would love to be the interviewed instead of the interviewee. I'm just throwing that out there randomly to people who I know are watching or maybe sat directly below me. 
uh, it, it would be interesting. I've, I've been known. I've been known to interview people from time to time. So mm. I mean, if we could, we could maybe maybe make that happen as a as a nice end cap to your one v one series. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it, the... it is a limited series. It, it has to be. There's only so many interesting people out there. That we could even to talk to me anyway. <laughs> if the uh, if the other guys were interested, we could even have you know like the 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 firing squad of the other three with with you on the other side, and we just Ooh. kind of round robin questions. Ooh, so. this sounds this sounds very scary and very tempting. Don't ask him about desert islands. Uh, my favorite island is Tiramisu. Yeah, what uh, what what uh, dessert would you take to a deserted island? Uh, tiramisu, <laughs> an endless bath of tiramisu. I just oh, just eat that all day, and uh, it'd be okay because I'd be dead in a week, so I wouldn't have to survive very long. Hey, and it's coffee, so you've got like a built-in yeah. stimulant there. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be. You're, you're thinking. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm so fat. Oh. <laughs> Maybe anyway. <laughs> I, I I have at once, so digressing here, tiramisu on toast. It's actually really nice. Get the toast, darken it quite well, get okay, lots I, of salty butter on it, and plop tiramisu trifle on it. I think it's going to have to matter. Like, I'm just thinking of cheap-ass white bread over here, so just forgive me. Like, it's probably, like, you're probably using some actual nice yeah. bread, and so, I'm, so, I'm thinking so of, bread it's got to be, it's got to be something that's like gonna stick up to that like sort of liquidy nature. Yeah, no, um, it can't. It can't be thin. It's got to be pretty thick. Yeah, yeah. and I then you could maybe make it happen. Yeah. Um. Of course, it's salty. Like having a little bit of salt with the sweet always like yeah. just kicks yeah. it up just a little bit. That's nice because it's basically cr bread tastes of bread, which is you know it's it's not exactly an overpowering flavor unless it's sourdough. And and there's the like, uh, fuck. What do you call them in English? Sunflower seeds. Um, I really know Norwegian words for some things because that's what we go to the shop and buy. Um, so yeah, it's it's got these. It's crunchy and it's textured and it's tiramisu, which is literally the food of the gods. Um, so yeah, it's delicious. Uh, or you can have lady fingers and tiramisu. Yeah, lady fingers are very similar, but that's a bit weak. It's a bit weak. So right, um, they end up kind of mushing too if they're in yeah. in the tiramisu, yeah. which can be good, but it just depends on what you're looking for. It's true. Anyway, that was a random question to end with, uh, aimed at me as well. Um, guess pick the raid. Where are we going? Oh God, I am not prepared for this. What? Um, the first person to not be prepared for this? apart from Beanie. Beanie was the first person to ever do a one v one. And it was nobody, he couldn't sneak preview the questions. Uh, up to now, everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm all ready for this. I got it ready. It's all right. I've watched your shows. <laughs> <laughs> Proof well, it's, that Cola the, never the, watches the shows. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm never, never, ever there. Never, <laughs> never at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leaderboard. Oh, your bot's off. Your bot's yeah. off. <laughs> bot's off. No, no sound like, alerts. I was gonna, I was gonna, gonna pull up my hours here. Um, man, I guess I got to look at who is streaming as part of the deal. Um, of course, there's all sorts of awesome people that I've interacted with or who stream on Twitch here yeah. that I would pick. If you can find somebody uh, that we don't normally know, that'd be awesome. I mean, we did, uh, we did notes and vaults last week, and we raided uh, Jimmy Riggs, who was doing mechanics he was fixing lawnmowers in um in in pennsylvania 
Um, and it, it was, I followed him. So was Emma. You know, it's, it's, suddenly you find something that you've never seen. But I mean, yeah. People fix mowers. It's not exactly retro gaming, but he, he's a lovely guy. So it was fascinating. Man, it is it is tough. There's not many people online right now, too, as part of part of the deal. Well, that's because you picked a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's what I get. Um, man, ten of my viewers went somewhere, so maybe find them. <laughs> <laughs> wherever wherever they went. They yeah. could they could if only they could tell us. Yes. Um, man, I almost want to say uh, probably Beta Jan is is oh, about like yeah he's streaming he's doing a um he's porting monkey island 3 to the amiga apparently so that's kind of interesting yeah. well we could do that um, if you want. yeah i think he's probably the best there's a couple of other people but not necessarily folks you might not know i mean um sean's online handy capable sean he's very cool uh he's playing super metroid uh with his so, chin it's completely up to you it's tough because, uh, yeah, Betagen is very cool, too. Um, well, back to the decisive one. <laughs> again, again, I can't I can never decide. Um, yeah, let's let's go to let's go to Betagen. Let's give okay. him some luck. How do you spell it? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll type it into the. Uh... OK. And uh, also type in the raid message because we're all going to copy your. Raid oh, man. Oh, it's never ending, mate. It's never ending. Okay, we are ready for... Is that how you spell it? Yes. Right. And the raid message is whatever Mr. Cola types next. As long as he doesn't type... Oh, there you go. It's Cola, not Koala. Uh, if you have that emote, feel free to use that emote. <laughs> whatever, whatever emote you want to use yeah. or anything. But um, oh. no, uh, Betajan calls me Mr. Koala. He's one of the... the um, many on twitch and on other things who have misread my name and we can't uh, raid him the no? target channel has disabled raids oh. some people don't like being popular <laughs> that's okay we can we can go to we can go to sean then at least we had a backup here okay go on then type his name in too although i am following sean yeah and we'll go there same raid message i'm assuming yeah yeah i think that should be it there I think okay. we're case sensitive. Okay, slash raid handy capable Sean. He's who is a really cool guy, by the unrecognized. Oh, absolutely. God, I can't spell apparently. Turns out uh, the hardest part of the stream is this. There some, sometimes I think I'm, you know, mediocre at games, but this guy shows me up with his chin, and you know, it's it's awesome. Um, it just uh, any anybody who you know overcomes stuff like that to still you know find a lot of fun and and things like this is awesome. Like I've I've heard of people playing fighting games who are blind. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of idea. It is right, Mister Cole. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, you were were as expected an awesome guest on one v one. Thank you. Uh, Thanks I, for I, having me. I'd say let's have you back, but we're going to have you back anyway because you're part of the podcast team. So, you know, that's just how it is. And uh, maybe there's other podcasts coming up. Who knows? Thank you guys for being here as well. Um, I'm just going to hit this raid button now and say goodnight. And uh, so goodnight to everybody. Goodnight to you, Mr. Cola. Thank you very much again. Uh... I love you all. <laughs>